Welcome to the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Blondin. This is Season 2, Episode 12 of the Overrated Experience. Glad you're back. Glad you're new if you haven't joined us before. Hope your bets have been great this week and hope that you built your bankroll leading into Week 6 of the NFL. This podcast is a sports betting podcast. Yes, we talk about sports in general. Yes, and we also focus at this time of the year on the NFL. So please tune in, check out what podcast we provide. You're going to see more football podcasts, NFL podcasts, but we will dive into other sports as time goes on. But it's NFL, baby, NFL season. And you can follow us on Twitter at Overrated Experience. That is Overrated, E-X-P-E-R-2. And you can see the link to uh, get into Twitter or X and join us easily on your podcast provider. It's in the links available with the episode that you've now downloaded. And you can check it out. We want you to join. We'd love to grow the fan base to get your thoughts. And uh, look forward to having you join us. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And that is based on Overrated Experience. All right, you can find us there. So welcome back. We're coming off a Thursday nighter, and we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about we're going to talk about sports over unders in the NFL this weekend, week six, and we're also going to talk prop, 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 props, props. If you missed Tuesday's podcast, we talked about the picks against the spread. That's episode eleven, easily da- downloadable, and please download if you haven't already. So please, please, please. Hang in there with us and make sure that you listen to all the episodes. Now, funny story here. This is the third time that I am recording this particular episode of the Overrated Experience, episode 12. I've had technical difficulties. So every time I've been enthusiastic and have gone to check the file, there is no file found. Well, guess what? I almost tossed the equipment here like a football, but I figured... That no way, we're going to get this damn podcast out. Because I want you, those loyal listeners, to hang around and listen. I don't want to miss a week. And I love doing it. And I love doing it for you, for those who are joining us. So just, just sharing that story. And another disaster was that Thursday nighter. And I'll go quickly on this. I went more in depth in my last two podcasts about the same topic. But the whole point I'm going to make about the Thursday nighter, and that's the 198 loss by the way, that covered the spread if you had Kansas City. How ironic, a 10.5-point spread. When's the last time you see a football game and 19-8? That's insane. Those odds makers out there are amazing. Okay? And there is something to be said about getting early line value. What that means is that there are professional bettors out there that try to grab and make their bets at a point where the line is different. So there's many... I, don't, I can't even recall what the opening line here was. But let's assume... Let's say... Uh, uh, Kansas City was a minus uh, 11 and a half or sorry, nine and a half or 10 or let's say 11. Let's say they were at minus 11 and the better took Denver and before it moved to 10 and a half or sorry, 11 and a half and, they, and it moved to 10 and a half and they caught the value because the game ended, you know, by 11 points, but they got the line where it was in their favor. That's the betting value that these pros look at, and it's something interesting to kind of keep in mind as we grow as betters together. But my point is the decline of Super Bowl champion, Seattle Seahawks legend, now Denver Bronco quarterback, Russell Wilson. 
was on Twitter. Again, you can follow the Overrated Experience on Twitter at Overrated E-X-P-E-R, XPER2. And I was kind of responding to some comments that are kind of deflecting, you know, it's not all Russell Wilson here. It's just, you know, the coaching staff's a clown show. Receivers and defense has not helped them out. There's no argument there. But I think you can break this argument or have this discussion in layers, right? With one doesn't impact the other. And I think you can have a serious discussion about Russell Wilson. Let's go back a year and a half or, you know, two seasons ago where, you know, Russell Wilson's a Super Bowl champion. He's had a couple average years with the Seattle Seahawks. And then you have the Denver Broncos. And we all looked at that team and said, man, they got a lights out defense. They got some nice weapons on the offensive side of the ball. But man, they don't have a quarterback. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I thought it was a ballsy move, a great move, because teams at some point have to put the chips in the middle and say, I'm all in. And the Denver Broncos were definitely all in by unloading multiple first-round draft picks to the Seahawks to pick up Russell Wilson. If you listen to episode one or two of the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast, I sat here and talked about how I thought Russell Wilson coming to Denver was a great idea. And maybe one of those situations where it was a prime MVP year. And wow, that fell flat in my face. That was an early on podcasting uh, learning lesson there. That obviously did not happen. So I'm not looking at it from a point that, oh, I told you so. I was always right. No, I'm just giving you what my eyes are telling me. When you watch Russell Wilson play last year, it was supposed to be Nathaniel Hackett head coach that was the problem. Now it's Sean Payton's problem, right? He's come in. Sean Payton hasn't done great, to be honest. Let's not kid ourselves. But if you have the eye test and think that Russell Wilson looks anything like he did in his peak years in Seattle, you're you're looking, you're not, you don't want to see the reality. NFL teams build years of their franchise like outlook and plans based on their quarterback situation. Try to tell me I'm wrong. Try to tell me I'm wrong. Okay? Look how many teams right now are waiting and not really doing everything they can to pick up more wins in the, in the hopes to pick up Caleb Williams out of USC, who's thought to be the next guy. Okay? So let's not kid ourselves. All right? Don't, let's not kid ourselves. The teams look at the quarterback position... Not the wide receiver position. Not the co- you know, it's just it's not the running back position. Yes, defense is a collective, pass rushers, etc. But the quarterback is the be all end all in the NFL. All right? Come on, you have to know this. And the expectation is when Russell Wilson joined the Denver Broncos, this was going to be a Super Bowl contender. If not even a contender for their own division. They're not even a playoff contender. They're one in five. Their season has been in the toilet before the midway point the last two years. Their season's over right now. And a year and a half into this experiment, the Denver Broncos are going to cut ties with all their veterans by the trade deadline. They're going to find a way to somehow remove Russell Wilson out of the spot as starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. They're going to be quick to say this experiment's over. I don't know how they're going to do it because their cap is messed up. 
They have no draft picks, at least high-level draft picks, to pick up top-end quarterback talent. But the experiment's over. Don't kid yourself. You may say, hey, his defense is not giving them, you know, the support. Yeah, that happens when you pin them on their own side of the field every single moment. And they also have no faith that the offense is going to move the ball or get consistently get first downs. All Russell Wilson does is throw picks, get strip-sacked or sacked, and doesn't move the ball downfield. The odd time, hey, chucks a 50-yard Hail Mary touchdown. Great. But consistently, he's not the Russell Wilson. Yes, he has the odd time where he runs for first downs. He's not the same guy eluding defenders. And that was the bread and butter of his game. He's not, it's not him. It's over. And for anybody, like on Twitter, comparing and actually looking at a 1-5 team, a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender based on the investment of Russell Wilson, and telling me before last night's game that his numbers are comparable to Patrick Mahomes. What's the value of even spurting that out? Who cares? Every game he's been playing from behind. Yes, he's had 300 yards against the Washington Commanders because they were behind and they had to chuck the ball down the field. Come on, guys. Like again, He had 300 yards against the Dolphins. Do you remember how that game turned out? They lost 70 to 20. 70, they lost by 50 points. But yes, do you really think the pass rush was on soup? Or do you think the Dolphins were blitzing? Come on. Guys, come on. Okay? So, don't compare numbers when your eye test tells you one thing and also the results also show you another. A 5-1 team to a 1-5 team and you're comparing numbers to the best quarterback in his generation of Patrick Mahomes, the peak quarterback in 2023, a winning team, and you're telling me the numbers look the same, so that equals success, even though the Broncos are 1-5. Come on! Do a little digging. A few more layers down. And Austin from Ajax, tisk tisk. He also tried to throw that argument that, you know, Russell Wilson's had some great fantasy football numbers. Those fantasy football numbers don't translate into wins for the Denver Broncos. So I'm sorry. we got to have the right argument with the right information with some serious consideration and reality that Russell Wilson is falling off a cliff and the Broncos are hitting that eject button some way, somehow. So that's my soapbox on Russell Wilson and the comments that I'm seeing on Twitter. And again, even more important for you to either disagree with me, support me, please, by joining Overrated EXPER2 on Twitter. Anyway, let's move on because we're focusing on over-unders this week in week six and props. And I got a few over-unders here that I really like. And for God's sakes, please tell me this is recording because I can't do it a fourth time. I will, but I can't, but even though I will. All right, week six over-unders are going to mow through this one. So the first one is Minnesota takes on the Chicago Bears. Now, this line is at 43 and a half. I do like the over. And I think it's a little low because Justin Jefferson is going to be out for quite a while. At least four games, maybe longer. Kirk Cousins is on the hot seat because the thought is he's going to keep being questioned until the trade deadline. Will he waive his no-trade clause? Yeah, I'm sure he's going to answer that today. 
And I'm sure he's going to answer that this week. Of course he's going to entertain it. Of course the Vikings are going to ask him. Wouldn't you? It makes all the sense in the world. If the season's written off and there's a taker for Kirk Cousins and a taker that he'll waive his no-trade clause, of course you will if the season's over. So let's, you know, it's just a question for the sake of asking a question in a, in a 30-second bite, a sound bite. So it's ridiculous. But I like this game to go over. I think Kirk Cousins is going to come out chucking the ball. All right? He's got other weapons. And in, in fact, as well, factor here is the Minnesota defense sucks. I don't know what they do well. I don't think their secondary is any good. They can't stop the run if you watch that game against the Eagles. I have no idea what they do well. And when at least the Bears had a really, really good outing with DJ Moore and Justin Fields, you know, against the Commanders. And if they don't hit DJ Moore, fire the staff. Because, like, the guy had a, had a game, and he's your go-to guy. So over 43 and a half. Now New Orleans heads into Houston. Houston, two-point loss, low-scoring game against Atlanta. I envision this game kind of being similar you know, C.J. Stroud is another st- strong game. Moving the ball. You know, both defenses are good. Atlanta's defense is good. New Orleans' defense is good. I don't think the explosion to 34 points happens again against the Houston Texans. What I do believe is, is that this will be a game where both teams have lengthy possessions, field goal attempts, turnovers, maybe punts. So I don't believe this game is going over. It's an undie. Okay, this game's an undie, and that's under 42 and a half. Okay, so undie in that game. San Francisco, Cleveland, 35 and a half. There's a weather concern here that it's going to be wet and rainy, ugly weather. P.J. Walker in quarterback for Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson hurt, shoulder issue. Might be multiple weeks, well, that we don't know. I see a 35 and a half. My weakness is, my kryptonite is to take the over. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, it's more of a weakness play. But I also feel good about the 49ers being on the other end of that because they have weapons everywhere on the offensive side of the ball. They can play the game, air ball, Brock Purdy putting, putting it out in the air to his weapons. But they can also pound the rock on the ground. So 36 and a half, sorry, 35 and a half. I like the over. I like the, probably the 49ers to get 40 points. Vegas hosts the New England Patriots. Patriots absolutely suck. Mac Jones, I think, is teetering on being out as quarterback in the New England Patriots. That's not a news flash. I expect Billy Zapp to get some snaps in this game. 41 and a half. I like the under. Underwear time here. And I'll tell you why. I think Vegas is going to win this game. And from the games I see with Jimmy G, he's methodically moving down the field. He was effective against Green Bay. But... There's not a lot of, you know, he's not going multiple shots downfield. Even with a guy like Devontae Adams, he tends to, you know, use the, uh, you know, the other receivers, five yards here, five yards there, you know, field goal attempts, punts, and eventually they punt it in. May need to probably get Josh Jacobs in the game a little more, but I don't see this game going over 41 and a half. Under. Tampa Bay in a host of the Detroit Lions. Lions got a few injuries. They do have Montgomery, though, who's been on fire. Uh, I, I like the I like the, I like the, uh, the Lions on the road. I'll take a forty-two and a half. Baker Mayfield on Tampa Bay side, and the Buccaneers coming off a bye. I like this to be kind of a, a wild game, hot sun. Detroit, Dean Campbell making some 
you know, low risk, high risk decisions here. Keep the excitement going. So take it, take it over. That is the over-unders. Just a quick recap. Minnesota, Chicago, over 43.5. New Orleans, Houston, under 42.5. San Fran, Cleveland, weather permitting. Not even permitting. I don't care if there's a blizzard. 35.5, over. New England, Las Vegas, under 41.5. And Detroit, Tampa Bay, over 42.5. All right. Prop time, prop time, prop time. So I forgot to give her totals here. I don't can't remember if I gave the because I've done this three times. Don't know if I've given the stats. So over unders were thirteen and twelve through the years. So we're just over 52 percent. Props twenty eight and twenty five fifty two point eight percent. An off week last week three and four. But I think we're gonna get back on on track here with the props. So get ready, get your pen ready. Here we go. Well, I should be ready to go because I gotta get my page ready to have my props. So here we go. Seven picks. Seven notes you're going to take. I'm going to kick it off in the Carolina-Miami game. So looking at this game, it's probably going to be a one-sided ass-kicking. Carolina's going to be that one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. They're not going to stand a chance. It's a year of development for Bryce Young. Probably the smart play, but don't consider them doing everything they can to go out for a win here. It's going to give him the reps, give him the touches, and making sure he's your franchise quarterback. So that being said... Your franchise quarterback has found a favorite receiver. And that receiver is Adam Thielen. And this is why I like the over five and a half receptions for Adam Thielen. He only had two receptions in game one of the season. But since then, Bryce Young has found him. And, you know, mixing Andy Dalton there too. That uh, Adam Thielen, seven receptions in game two. Game three, 11 receptions. Game four, seven receptions. And the latest game against the Detroit Lions, Adam Thielen had 11 catches. So you tell me five and a half, if you analytic folk out there, you guys with the calculators and the charts and the, and the power, like PowerPoints, everything tells me five and a half is a low number and the right number to take. Minnesota, Chicago, I talked about this game. It's going to probably be over. All right, Kirk Cousins is going to be chucking the ball down the field. And also mentioned that DJ Moore, the Chicago Bears would be taking a huge step back, probably should all be fired if their focal point of the offense is not DJ Moore. And Justin Fields needs to put the ball in his vicinity. A guy who scored three touchdowns, probably should have four, against the Commanders. He's had 131 yards two games ago, 239 against the Commanders. And his passing, sorry, his receiving yards are 58 and a half. I'm going to take it. Pencil me into a DJ Moore uh, fan here. Over 58 and a half. Washington, Atlanta. Not a game that's a barn burner. I don't think that people are going to be asking at Caesars to put this on the big screen. But you look at the Desmond Ritter, quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, over-under for passing yards is 204.5, coming off a 329-yard passing performance against the Houston Texans and the Washington Commanders giving up the last two games 300-yard passers. I'm going to, I'm gonna, even though I'm not a big fan of Desmond Ritter and I don't know if he's their guy, 204.5, man, I'm taking it. Washington has a lot of names on the defensive line. And what I mean by names is high draft picks. Guys are signed to big contracts too. But are you really impressed? Are they really shutting anybody down? Are they the Ray Lewis Baltimore Ravens defense? Are they the 85 Bears? I don't think so. Desmond Ritter, over 204.5 passing yards. 
Seattle visits Cincinnati. I think this is kind of a, one of those games you will maybe go off a red zone and watch. I think this is a very interesting game. You have the Seahawks coming off a bye week, previously beating the Giants. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Cincinnati Bengals finally exploding on offense, taking out the Arizona Cardinals. Just, uh, uh, Joey Bur- uh, Joe Burrow, over 300 yards passing. Jamar Chase, what is 170 plus yards, uh, you know, receiving. Why would you go away from that formula? You got to feed Chase. You have to. Joey Burrow, you need to feed Chase. Simple as that. Okay? Jamar Chase is your guy. He's your boy. He's going to be the difference maker. You need to be in the 300-yard range. You need to put up numbers. And it doesn't stop here. I don't think Geno Smith's going to stop either. He's got weapons on the side. He's got his locket and Metcalf. So that's why I like this game. Total passing over 531.5. That's the over. San Francisco, Cleveland, Christian McCaffrey's money, right? If this is a bad weather game, he's going to get involved one way or another, and I think he's going to get involved in the ground. There's no slowing down. They're giving him the rock. They're pounding him every chance they can. So I like his rushing yards over 69.5. Look for him to break out a 40-yard rush here or there and then sprinkle around some 7-8 yard carries. No problem. Christian McCaffrey over 69.5 yards rushing. We move on to Vegas, and, and New England takes on the Vegas uh, Raiders, as we talked about earlier in the over-unders. We like this game to go under, but what I do like to go over is the passing yards for Jacoby Myers. Now, watching if you watch closely and you watch the Green Bay game, Jimmy G kept finding Jacoby all the time. You know, it would be check down Jacoby five yards here, seven yards here. You know, later in the game, he started to go to Devontae Adams for bigger gains. But Jacoby Myers seems to be the guy he's comfortable with. And the only game that Jacoby Myers has not gone over the 58.5 total receiving yards that we're looking at for the over-under here was the second game of the season where uh, where Jimmy G didn't start. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where Jimmy, sorry. The only game is uh, the last game where Jimmy G... Didn't start against the Chargers, and Jacoby Myers was under that total. But the rest of the total time, he smoked that total of 55 and a half yards. So he is the clutch guy. He's the hidden gem because everybody thinks Devontae Adams, double team. They're moving Myers all around the field. He's your guy. He's a sneaky pick. Take him. Carolina-Miami, we already started off. We're going to end it with Carolina-Miami. Again, this is going to be an ass-kicking. And here's my no-brainer. Who's my boy? Tyreek Hill. 87 and a half yard passing yards. Win or lose, more than often, the value play is always going to be to bet on Tyreek. All right? He, he wants the ball. He wants to gain the yards. He doesn't want to be on the sideline. At the end of the year, he wants to look up at the 2023 season and see 2,000 receiving yards. He pumped out 170 receiving yards last week. Why is it going to change this week? He wants the ball. All right? So that's my place for the props. For, for everybody, please play responsibly, respectfully, bet what you can bet, have so much goddamn fun, have the boys over, have a few beers, watch Red Zone, you know, talk about all that money you're going to win ahead of time, talk about all the games you're going to unload on and chicken out later on. You know, by the time you hit 3.30, you put your heads together and start talking about what's going on at 4 o'clock and then you also get the Sunday nighter in. I love you guys. Have a great night. This has been all your pleasure. The overrated experience is over and out.